fans and with today's special guest fans track fans this is joe uh we are at episode 220 236 of the rule of the galaxy podcast and um i'm going solo from the show crew today but i've got one of my favorite guests one of the guys who really got me into podcasting and who i listen to every week until i get behind and i have to play catch up uh who really keeps me in the know when it comes to star wars mr mark newbold mark how are you I'm very well, thank you very well. I've, I've got a cup of tea and I'm halfway through a mince pie. So if I tune out briefly, mm. it's a blame the mince pie. That's okay. I'm by tea. Yeah. So so I have to ask since we went on that that subject real quick. I okay. um I've never been to England. Uh, it's on my bucket list. Like we were talking about bucket lists before we hopped on. I went yeah. to Australia, and when I was in Australia, everybody there said, "Joe, you you have to have a meat pie. You have to have a meat pie." And so like every place we went that was touristy, they would grab me a different variety of meat pie. So when you say mince pie, is there any uh-huh. correlation whatsoever? <laughs> okay. So all I can think about is that episode of Friends when Rachel gets the recipe to make the the <laughs> the trifle and the beef wellington <laughs> uh, yes. gets stuck together. And so but Joey's the happiest person in the in the whole episode. Uh, right. No, there isn't. Mince mince meat is it's all fruits. So okay. it's a sort of uh, like apple, a lot like orange peel and and all that sort of stuff, and it it basically it's like a, a very 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 thick jam, okay, or or preserve. Uh, I'm looking at it now; it looks amazing uh, with uh, shortbread pastry on this particular mm. one. And when we get into December, I don't do it in November, but when we get to December, that's when the double cream gets whipped up and a bit of brandy butter goes on, and it goes in the microwave for thirty seconds. And and Marky Mark starts wearing elasticated trousers because <laughs> it's it's the only way to get through Christmas. <laughs> Well, that is even more of a reason to come to England if it wasn't, if there weren't enough reasons already, uh, <laughs> is to try that because it sounds much better than a meat pie. So, um, <laughs> but you're exactly right because I remember Joey going, fruit, love it, meat, love it, yeah. jam, love it, uh, you know, peas. And they looked at each other. Oh, that was a fantastic scene. Um, it was. And, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't men- mention uh, Mr. Matthew Perry while you brought up friends. Yeah. Amazing that that, I mean, we're both 52, that gentleman, yep. 54. And, and let's face it, uh, my wife was a huge fan. I, I think um, that man, he he faced some battles in his life, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, he did. It's it's so sad. I mean, comedians often do. You can think back not that far to people like Robin Williams who had struggles and stresses and and demons, I guess. Yeah, uh, maybe is that is the phrase. But uh, Matthew Perry, to anybody from Friends, I mean, they did the reunion. Thank goodness they did that reunion a couple of years ago, Agreed. because I know when that show started, we got it here on Channel Four in the UK. I think it was every Thursday night, 
uh, and it was appointment television back before there was a billion channels and YouTube and Netflix and Amazon and all that, you know, so everybody would be talking about what had happened in Friends that particular week. <laughs> and he was such an integral part being, being, you know, the little bit of the outlier and mega sarcastic and you know, the, all the stuff that went with him. Uh, and, and I mean, you can't pick that cast, that whole cast. There is, I think it's to all their credit that there isn't a standout actor in Friends. They're all six of them are really on a, on a par with each other. So to lose one of them and it, you know, it's like any group of actors. There's always one that goes apart from next generation. They're going to live forever. But, you know, the <laughs> but to lose a member of the Friends cast, a, a show that's still on, I mean, here it's on Comedy Central, it's on yeah. Netflix everywhere, you know, it's a Bailey. show that's constantly, I could turn my telly on now and there'd be a, an episode on, so, and we often do, it's it's comfort television, so, and I've not watched an episode since since he passed, and, and I will, because it's a perennial show for us, but it's going to be very sad, so yeah, it's quite, especially given his age, only a couple of years on from from myself and yourself, you know, it's it's quite sobering, but but sadly, such is life. Yeah, no, I agree. It is, it is. And and we're a Star Wars podcast. No real, I can't think of any correlation of uh, of anything to do with Star Wars, but yeah. Oh, um, I can, I can, I can. Go ahead, Rachel I want you to Rachel bring Rachel it. In Princess, Rachel in Princess Leia's became oh, Ross, well. Ross can't stop thinking of his mom's head on Rachel's <laughs> frankly fantastic body in that in that oh. bikini. So there's, there's one for you. I tell you what, that outfit right there, uh, you could you could paste that outfit on quite a few people and, and there's going to be viewers taking that in. Uh, it is <laughs> an iconic, an iconic outfit that, I mean, hopefully will never go away. But gosh, good friends, Star Wars connection right there. So um, I the, the other thing that I can remember, and this is silly, but in Fool's Rush In with Selma Hayek, I believe either one of her cousins or ex-boyfriends was called Chewy. And <laughs> and I think Matthew Perry had a hard time with the name Chewy for for uh, for that person on the show. So anyway, that much much smaller uh, amount. So um anyway, you you have been busy. Before we get into everything else, you uh <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you and Ruth went to Disney on Ice the other night. What version was this? Was there some theme in this Disney on Ice? It was, we did, and we were rigside, which was very, very cool. Uh, it was the Disney 100, so it was celebrating, basically, and, and just to say, I mean, me and Ruth, uh, well, she's nine months younger than me, which means, according to Ruth, she's far younger than I am. She <laughs> reminds me all the time. But yeah. anyway, two 50-somethings sitting rinkside in a 15,000-seat arena, of which I would say comfortably 95% were, left, were 10 years old or younger, yeah. Um, <laughs> was it was great. I mean, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, uh, and Goofy come out, and they're basically celebrating a hundred years of Disney. And great. they've got an iPad, or as they called it, a mouse pad, because it had ears on it. And they're flicking through all these memories, going right back to sort of Steamboat Willie era, and then just sort of moving forward. So yeah, it was a big Moana segment, which everyone went nuts for. A big, obviously, Frozen segment, big Encanto segment, and then lots of other you know, moments in there. It was really good, actually. I mean, we both love Disney, so un unashamedly love Disney. And oh. so it was, uh, yeah, it was a good night. And we were home for nine o'clock because it's a kid show. So it, it started yeah. at 6.30 and it was done. It was done. We were home and feet up drinking a cup of tea at 9.30. So it was great. That's good. I, I have been to a Disney on Ice once in my life. I think it was um, an Aladdin version back when they were yeah. doing a more of a theme thing instead of a reminiscing thing. Uh, but it was fantastic, very entertaining, very colorful, very light. 
uh, you know, lots of lights and colors, all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm glad you went. I'm glad you had fun. And you know, that's what Disney's there for is right. The kid in all of us, that's, uh, I think how oh, they yeah. sell it. So, um, as a matter of fact, we'll talk about this next. You, you just went to, to Disney and to galaxy's edge. I will be going the first week of December with my wife, uh, my son, his wife and our one-year-old grandson. Um, so we're very excited about that. We're going to see, we're going to bounce around to a few parks. My wife cannot stand anything related to Disney. Um, <laughs> and so it's going to be fun just watching her facial expressions during the whole trip. But yes, looking back, we'll talk about Galaxy's Edge in a minute. Looking back, uh, talking about reminiscing, I was looking through some of my son's old things that we, of course, keep because that's what you do as parents. Um, and I found his little name tag that said Joseph across it, that they would pin on your shirt or whatever when you got to the park. And uh, we, at the time, in, in 2002 was the last time we went with like a bunch of our kids, believe it or not, um, where you could buy Disney dollars. And I yeah. completely forgot about it. I was looking through some books. I found some Disney dollars that were from 2002. I went on eBay and all that and looked and said, what's a Disney dollar worth? Because they stopped making these in 2016. They no longer produce this. But yeah. if I if I wanted to go back and turn that in as a dollar to Disney, they would gladly take it as a dollar's worth. And I found that the cheapest in on eBay and things like that, people were selling a 2002 Disney dollar for $30. And if, if you had it in uh, no creases, no lines, and it was like in a, a matted kind of a, a package they were going as high as four hundred dollars that's um, better than bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> i was amazed i had no idea no i don't obviously it's a old beat up dollar bill from 2002 but i just was like i wonder if this is even worth anything so i'm not going to spend it um, but i'm going to give it to my daughter-in-law and uh, my grandson because she is a disney fanatic but just thought that's it was cool. a weird little thing so yeah. You you were just in Galaxy's Edge, gosh, right before what? New York Comic Con, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've had quite I've had quite quite the month actually. So uh I did another trip the same month to Florida, which we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, yeah. we did we did New York Comic Con, which usually we go out for the week. So have a couple of days just to have a little scooch around, do a bit of shopping, do some toy runs, hit Comic Con, and then Sometimes we're fortunate enough to go and visit Tom Spainer and see his studios at Regal Robot. We didn't get a chance to do that this time because we were just in just poor us, poor us. We were just there for four days uh, and flew back on the red eye on Sunday night. Mm. Uh, and didn't I feel that on Monday morning? But yeah, uh, yeah and but the three days before, uh, Brian from Panther had not had chance because of various reasons, just not had a chance to get out to Galaxy's Edge over the last couple of years. Uh, and so he said, look, we, we, you know, are you happy for us to do New York, but also try and fit in a couple of three days at uh, Orlando before? Are you happy to travel and can everybody afford it? And is it doable? And shook the piggy banks and yeah, we can do that. We can do that. So um, so yeah, so yeah, we did we did Galaxy's Edge, which was the main the main thing certainly for Brian uh, to see Galaxy's Edge, which was awesome. He managed to get on both the big rides, which was quite important. We had a drink at Ogres and, and did that whole thing. The weather was nice as well, considering. You know, a little bit later in the season. So, yeah, it went really well. It was good fun. It's always good to be there, you know. And 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 the thing is, I th I think because I'd been there only, I say, a couple of three weeks before, 
to do the Star Cruiser, uh, which again was a very good piece of good fortune for me because I really didn't think I was going to get to do that. And the stars just aligned and it fell into place. Yeah. Um, I was conscious. I don't want to be, and this this sounds awful, but it's easy because we're human and you know it's, it's life. I don't want to feel like blase about being at blooming Galaxy's Edge, which is amazing place to be. And I've been lucky enough to have been, you know, a handful of times now uh, with Anaheim uh, last, uh, was it last year? Yeah, Celebration yeah. Anaheim last year, did the, the sort of the, the West Coast there and then doing the East Coast here. And me and Ruth are going out in September next year for a holiday with my sister and her husband and two of her three boys next year. So I'll be back again next year. So, wow. you know, I don't want to be blase about it because I'm very, very conscious how lucky I am to do it once, let alone more than once. So it, it is kind of cool. You're just taking it all in and soaking it all up. So yeah, we were very lucky. Did you did you find from your previous times to this time or these times anything new or different or anything that that uh, caught your eye that was you know shocking or different from previous trips you've taken there? Uh, no, it's it's fairly it's fairly consistent. Uh, merchandise wise, there's there's a fairly good turnover of stuff. They're bringing new things in. I noticed this time they had some vehicles that I'd not. Uh, seen before like little pullback kiddie sort of motorized speeders and stuff which okay. which the way the day turned out because i was off doing bits and coming back and going backwards and forwards i never grabbed them and i was so annoyed because they weren't there when i was there earlier in the month and they were there this time and i'd gone off to do something else and didn't get back so so that was on me but um not 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 big things i mean the rides are very consistent which is good i mean yeah they're so incredibly complicated that i suppose they can change them too much and they do tweak the menus uh you know at ogres and at docking bay seven so there there are slight changes there um <laughs> excuse me but for the most part it, it's fairly it's fairly consistent which is which is good but i hope at some point in the future that they do get the opportunity to change it up a little bit you know close the park for you know a month or so and give it a not a refresh you just need a refresh it's still only been open for sort of three and a half years there or thereabouts but it, you know if they wanted to do certain things i, I, I think they I have opportunities to do things if they want to. Gotcha. Well, I I am I am jealous because when I went, the only previous time that I've been to Galaxy's Edge was, goodness, October 2020, mm -hmm. and um, got to do everything. Had to wear a mask the entire time. Obviously, we're mm -hmm. right in the middle of COVID, but they were still letting certain amounts of people in. But even with the select few people they allowed in, I could not get on Rise of the Resistance. Um, so for me, uh, more than anything this time, yes, I want to spend all this great quality time with my grandson and see him light up when he, when he sees all these different characters and everything. Uh, yeah. but my, my son, actually Joey, my son, uh, didn't ride rise of the, rise of the resistance when he was there last year, because he said he wanted to wait until me, him and his son could all ride it, uh, together uh like you know or at least he and i write it together because he said he just he was just like i just feel like you know nobody his wife is not a big star wars fan so he was like i want to be there with somebody who's going to really appreciate it and so we're looking forward to that being a big part of our trip and uh and i think i told you beforehand d doc from the rule of the galaxy crew he's going the week before i'm going actually he's going to be in galaxy's edge like three days before i am and he said uh he said i'm going to do my best to hide something and give you clues to see if it's still there or if you can find it so i'm I'm really kind of excited about oh, wow. that as well so i think that'll be a fun little fun little thing but 
you you get a chance to do the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah, I mean that was that was one that uh, myself and Martin Martin Keeler who put on uh, hashtag container at uh, Celebration Europe and does it's done a couple of three of the 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 bashes at uh, celebrations now with, with different events. Uh, and he also runs the Zuvium, which is his um, dedicated uh, Constable Zuvio Museum, which is phenomenal. You should take a tour if you get the chance. It's all virtual. You can go okay. and visit. It's well well worth doing. Um, we talked about doing it a while ago, and and then of course they announced that it was closing, and yeah. within minutes all the remaining seats went. And I just put it out of my mind. I thought, well, it's not meant to be. Not meant to be. I was, you know, hadn't managed to get there before, and I, I knew some people who'd gone on the the opening day, you know, part of the the press thing and the influencer thing, and they said how fantastic it was, but uh, it just wasn't quite. I thought it's not meant to be, yeah. so forgot about it. And Martin, being Martin, had kept looking around and had gotten to some Facebook groups, and long story short, managed to find two spare seats in in a cabin, and said, "Do you want to do it?" And I thought, well, you know, the, the money is still there. I, I can, <laughs> I can do it. Uh, and we figured a few of the logistical things out and, and managed to make things work. And yeah, we did it. It was, I mean, I think we were there for, uh, wow, I think we flew out on the Friday and came back on the Tuesday morning, if I remember. It was a real sort of flying visit. Um, but it worked. It worked. And it was, it was, I mean, I'll, I, at risk of being a bore about it, because people have done no. the cruiser, the people who've done the cruiser are sort of like ex smokers. <laughs> Um, uh, it, it's it unless you've. Oh, I hate saying this. It sounds no, you're good. But unless you've done it, it's difficult to explain or or get across quite how clever and involved it actually is. Because when you take certain elements of it, excuse me, if you look at uh, Gaia, the blue, the purple skin Twilik lady mm-hmm. who sings in the, in the main auditorium, it looks naff. When you consider certain other little elements from around the ship or see different things in isolation without sort of seeing how they all stitch together, they look, they do look cheesy. When you're in there and doing it and you get on board, you take it all in visibly or visually, it's phenomenal. that They've built a ship. They've really built the ship, the interior of a ship. From the outside, it's just a concrete box. I mean, it right. doesn't need to be anything pretty, but from the inside, it's absolutely ornate and just stunning. Once you kind of get past that and then the storyline starts and the characters start coming up and interacting with you and you've got your pad, your data pad, as they call it, it's an app on your phone, and you start interacting with that and getting more and more into being there and doing stuff, it's it's fantastic and it feels bespoke. It's so clever. It feels like every character is just talking, just talking to you. It's all happening just for you and it all culminates in a, in a genuinely big finale. It's really was good i uh yeah we we've talked about that place over and over again on our on our podcast with our regular crew and um there's no doubt all of us want wanted to do that i mean it's just for for a lot of us it was you know well if we take our wives or our kids or our grandkids the cost became prohibitive. Um, and, oh, totally. you know, I mean, so one, I'm very glad you got a chance to do that. I, I hate that being such a big Star Wars fan, it's not one of those things that I got the opportunity to do. But, yeah. um, you know, I I don't know if the rumblings I'm hearing, the, the behind the scene things where they're saying, hey, you never know, uh, we might repackage or redo some things and, and see if we try it again in a different way. 
I don't know. I'll let those rumors keep going and maybe yeah. I'll cross my fingers and in and, and a few years I'll come back out and say, hey, we revamped it. And oh, by the way, it's a little bit more, you know, in the price range where you can get more people in there. I don't know. We'll, yes. we'll just have to knock on wood and hope that happens. But I'm really I'm really glad that you got to experience that. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just wish it would have worked out, I guess. And, and, you know, I say that being a guy who was complaining, going, I can't afford to do that. Um, but, but still, I mean, let's, let's face it. All of us wish there was a star Wars world right down the street yes. from us that we could go participate <laughs> in. So, um, I would, I would, I would put a, a, a little wager on, I'm not a betting man, but I'll put a little wager on 90% of the people who've done it would, would, would absolutely love the people who haven't to do it not only because then they would say wow you know this isn't a hotel mm -hmm. this is a this is an interactive experience it's like a murder mystery weekend it's it's that kind of interactive level but you're in star wars and the food's amazing by the way uh, <laughs> um but also to to then get to experience it and tell other people and for the word to get out because i think right. it marketed just the marketing was I don't want to bash Disney or anybody or, no, or no. whoever, but but I think the marketing was shocking. They they sold it as something that it wasn't. They sold it as a hotel. It is so not a hotel. It was a it was an interactive experience. And we got lucky as I Martin and his family had been before, so he was traveling as essentially a single person as a, as was I. So it was it was achievable in that sense. But you're right. It was you know if you were taking a family of four, it's it could go somewhere very 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 nice for a month, let alone. <laughs> two days so it was it was very expensive but like you say i've heard the rumors and if if any of them are even remotely sort of uh on on par for what it could be you know smaller visits smaller trips i think if they do that as a taster almost a huge amount of people who would go go in there for two or three hours sit down have a meal experience part of it would be like yeah i want to do this so yep. i i i hope i'm gonna hope that, that happens and and we'll see where it goes. You know, we'll just cross our fingers. Um, I, I'm just going to bounce around and hit some different things. One, obviously, I want to talk about Ahsoka because now you and I have seen all of it. <clears throat> and we, we, we can go through our thoughts of the entire series. But before we get to that, because I feel like we'll probably talk about that and maybe the future of where things are going after that. Um, some of the things that I really liked that I wanted to bring up or, or that I saw, one, on Fanthatrax, I, I really... Uh, the Kelsey Grammer story the other day. I'm a huge <laughs> Frasier fan. I love the show Frasier. Um, I loved him on Cheers. Uh, I loved the actual, you know, 10 or 11 season uh, show that he did. And I'm glad that they're doing the the revamped version on Paramount+. Plus. I, I don't think it'll ever hit the highlights or whatever that, that Frasier once did. It's hard to do that. Um, but the story you had... Um, where, tell people about that, where that was from, Kelsey Grammer and his Star Wars kind of uh, interaction. Yeah, he did a podcast and uh, a video podcast and talking all about all sorts of stuff, uh, predominantly, of course, the new show on Paramount Plus, which I haven't watched yet. And I'm desperate to because like you, I, I love Cheers. And in fact, I remember the, the finale episode of Cheers was on in, on the UK, in the UK. And my girlfriend at the time videoed it for me during my very first trip to florida in 1993 i remember nice. that very well um and love fraser because it was just so clever so i haven't watched any of the new ones i'm going to let a few build up and then I'll, I'll pile into it but he was talking about all of that and then just in the course of this conversation it came out it turned out that when he was talking about his earlier days as a younger actor that he had essentially 
without knowing it. In fact, he didn't really realize it until he went to see Star Wars and then was like, hang on, that space pirate character, that's, damn it, that's the one I was offered, you know? <laughs> uh, and just the way the way he talks and just the way he delivers, it's even in an interview, it's like listening to Fraser because it's just so brilliant. But yeah, Kelsey Grammer in another universe could mm. have been could have been Han Solo. And, and the whole thing on, on Fanthrin, I think when we talked about it on the podcast on, on Making Tracks was when they were casting for Star Wars, because De Palma and Lucas were good friends, they were also mm-hmm. casting for Carrie. So they were looking at sort of trios of actors and mixing them up and trying different things. And you were looking for the chemistry. And of course, the chemistry of Kelsey Grammer with Mark Hamill and Gary Fisher <laughs> would be very, very different to having, you know, a big old Harrison Ford in there. So it would have been a different loop, presumably, or a different layer. It wouldn't have worked in the same way. But I just thought, what a fantastic thought that that there he goes from, hey, maybe he's going to be in Star mm. Wars. And then a couple of years later, well, three or four years later, I think 81, didn't it, Cheers start around about then? But yeah. He turns up in Cheers as Frasier, uh, along with with uh, John Ratzenberger, who oh, just yes. been Major Durlin in Empire Strikes Back, you know, and, and, and off we go to the races. So, yeah, sliding doors. It's it's fantastic. I mean, I was kind of shocked. I, I was looking at your website and I was like, what do you mean? What what does Kelsey Grammer have to do? And, and then I watched the video and I thought, well, that was just so interesting. I, I'm not sure a lot of people really, you know, caught on to that or knew that. But I, I have to wonder how many actors in the U.S. probably right now are sitting there going, yeah, I did that same thing. How, you know, <laughs> 70, 75, I was sitting in that room and I thought this sounds stupid or this sounds great. And here I am missing out on all that. So um, but the, yeah, very, very great story on there. Um, I know you were into the comic scene. It is one part of Star Wars that I wish I would have kept up with, but I've slowly but surely moved away from it. Um, and speaking of that, I still have to set up a show with you and Scott Reif. And he is, he is, um, you know, I know he had you on my Star Wars story. He's just a great friend of the Rule of the Galaxy crew. Uh, this guy loves everything to do with the Marvel comics. And on a recent show of Rule of the Galaxy, he actually told a story that there were some comics that you were missing from the original run. And um, he he was like, Joe, I'm tying you in on this. I said, I, what did I have to do with you getting <laughs> comics for Mark Newbold? And he said, no. He goes, I actually traveled to Indianapolis for something where you live. And he said, while there, I found majority of the comics that I was looking for for Mark. And when I went to send them to him, he was in he was in Florida. He goes, so I sent him to a Disney <laughs> resort in Florida, the comics that he was looking for. And, and I thought, wow, that's crazy how that all comes together. But so, yes, yeah. he, he does want to have a show where you guys just let me be the uh, puppet master and watch you two go back and forth on all those great 70s and 80s uh, Marvel oh, comics. So let's do it. I'll yeah. So be prepared for that. But um, <laughs> I, I was reading and, and looking to see there's quite a few new and, and updated titles coming through comics. Are there ones that you'd say, whether they're the new ones or the regular lines that you keep track of that Rule of the Galaxy fans should be really digging their teeth into or or the like can't miss kind of comics right now? Um, I think the four main ongoing titles at the moment anyway, uh, Bounty Hunters, Doctor Rafa, Star Wars, Darth Vader, they all interlink so beautifully. They've got their own threads. They're all very unique comics, stylistically, tonally, and in every other way. Obviously, the main Star Wars title is the spine of it. But at the moment, you've got Dark Droids, the crossover storyline. So all of those are sort of flipping and folding into that. Um, 
Bounty Hunters, which which has been one of my absolute favourite comics for a long time. I just think it's it's so cool. Ethan Sachs is a top bloke anyway, and um, the, the title's just so much fun. I keep telling him, and he, I, I don't know if he thinks it's a compliment or not, but I, it just reminds me of those those proper full-on Bounty Hunter Dark Horse comics of the 90s mm-hmm. that were just action, 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 and just a bit of, bit of you know, Arnie and, and Carl Weathers facing off in Predator kind of right. machismo stuff. It's got that about it, which I just find huge fun in Star Wars, these Bounty Hunters. I mean, no, it's a galaxy of countless trillions, but actually there's only a 1,000 people in the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> so they all know each other. They can walk into any bar on any planet and know somebody. Uh, I could walk into my local pub and not know anybody, but there you go. So, uh, <laughs> but I love that. Uh, that title finishes with issue 42 and Ethan's moving on to a Django Fett miniseries, which I personally sincerely hope becomes a Django Fett ongoing because I think there's loads of real estate and, and time. I know we know how he ends, but yeah. we know how a lot of characters end. We know how Han Solo ends. We know how Luke Skywalker ends. You know, a lot of characters have got an end point. doesn't mean he can't go back and tell stories. So, I hope he gets to do a Bounty Hunter style series set during that prequel era or even pre-prequel era. So that I'm very much looking forward to. Dark Horse are getting back into uh, original Star Wars comics as well, but they're more uh, graphic novels than than comics. So okay. they're sort of premium format, much uh, fuller, probably 100 pages. Uh, I think they're launching to be Qui-Gon, but they've got plans to do a whole range of prequel era comics and characters because you know they're celebrating which 25 years next year unbelievably oh, yeah. of phantom menace and they're celebrating all three films as hasbro were doing with their releases they're celebrating the, the prequels as well because now every year's a star wars holiday isn't it, it? Is. so you've got to pick your battles there's an anniversary for something every year right now literally so, yeah yeah um no i i i know um it just blows me away because i see the mace windu uh that's coming out the qui-gon like yeah. you mentioned i love that and and again, we've talked about this. I'm hoping that in 20 years, there's a Kylo Ren, a Poe Dameron, a, uh-huh. a Finn, because here we are 20, 25 years later. And how popular are these characters now that people, you know, they weren't on the highest level, you know, in 1999 to 2005, there was that those old curmudgeons going, that's not my Star Wars, you know, and yeah, and, yeah. and and now here they are. <laughs> you can run an entire line or you can run an entire Disney series of these characters. So I think it's yeah. I think it's great. I'm 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 actually Qui-Gon's one of my favorite guys. I, I think I'm gonna have to jump in. I know you said that's a dark horse version. I think that's gonna be a little bit more meaty and uh pricey, but I don't know. I you know, if I buy books still, I might as well check something like that out but uh yeah. the bounty hunters one yeah i 42 episodes in I'm, I'm gonna have to figure out a way to to get caught up on that but it it does sound enticing so um but yeah i'm, I'm just glad that there's there's new things coming out that are still catching people's attention um and and that are still driving it um because again i i grew up i was that kid just like you were just like scott rife in that 77 came along and all of a sudden we were like, well, what's next? Oh, by the way, here every week for you, every month for us, yeah. here's what's next. Go ahead, dive in. And and those yeah. filled those filled our stories for years and years and years. So um hopping on to a different different topic. Um did I miss how did I miss that Sean Levy was getting I knew we talked about or I knew the the Daisy Ridley movie, I knew the Main Gold movie, I knew the Filoni movie. 
somehow I missed in something that Sean Levy was looking to do a Star Wars movie, and it came up because he's good friends with Adam Driver. Hey, you know, if we uh, if you're going to make this movie, any chance you're going to make it a, <laughs> a Kylo Ren prequel to uh, you know Force Awakens? Did was there a major news announcement that I somehow just missed in my craziness of moving houses and changing jobs recently about that? I, you know, I think this was posted when I was on one of my trips. But from what I understand, Levy was mentioned a while ago, and it's him saying it. So there's got to be some validity to it. And I don't see anyone else or anywhere else making a big deal about it. But that that being said, uh, and <clears throat> and it's a constant conversation again on making tracks. It, one thing I wish they wouldn't do was announce things until they know it's going to happen. Right. You know, until there's boots on the ground and they're filming it. And sometimes even then that's not enough. Yeah. So, you know, they, they do t have this this habit of, of and I think it must be, I mean, it's not, I can't imagine, how do I word it without saying the wrong thing? I can't imagine Lucasfilm of old doing this to the degree that Lucasfilm does now. And the reason is, and there is a reason, I think, is that, of course, it's part of the broader Disney family mm -hmm. if you want to put it in those terms who have shareholders so you, you want to make sure the shareholders know hey there's something new coming down the pike don't worry there's a new series coming there's a new film coming so i get the logic of that it's it's a big moving machine with lots of parts so so i get that but there's a fan i mean for me as somebody who runs a, a fan news site quite apart from all the other stuff i'm doing it's great it's few, it's <laughs> you know it's 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 stuff to talk about about it's it's things to discuss it's things to to post about and so on and so forth without doing the clickbait thing that so many other other sites do, which really isn't our thing. But hopefully it doesn't come across like that at all. But but you know, want to talk about these things. And so Sean Levy, I think, yeah, it's interesting. You say about the Adam Driver link. I, I don't I don't personally think Adam Driver would ever come back to Star Wars, but hey, he's a working actor. If they offered him something, it was of interest. If there was the possibility to do more, if he turned up as Kylo in that new um, Ray film that's set 15 mm. years later, I don't think anybody would be particularly surprised because who's really dead in Star Wars? I think unless you're hung, drawn and quartered and all the parts are scattered through <laughs> far distant corners of not only this, but even the other galaxy we've got now in uh, mm -hmm. Ahsoka, uh, that anyone can come back. So it'd be interesting to see how it plays, but I'd be I'd be up for that. You know, anybody who's got a good idea and a firm direction and a, and a process of what they want to do in the Star Wars galaxy more more power to them because i'm all for seeing more star wars i just want to see more star wars of quality and i'm thankfully i do enjoy what we've got on disney plus some more than others like anything yeah. i you know it's it's the same as with any um a personal choice but uh yeah i'd be i'd be curious to see how that plays out yeah i i would be too i i i'm look i'm um i'm a big adam driver fan um mm. he he is um he went to the University of Indianapolis for one semester, uh, which is where I graduated from and where my son graduated from. So right. my, my son is a huge fan because of that. And, and you know, my son's 30, so I don't, I don't even remember how old Adam Driver is. But he, you know, he's he's just he's really into his roles that he's played and, and especially Kylo, but other things. And we're both very excited about the Ferrari movie that he has coming out uh, this Christmas, I believe. Uh, with our Italian background and and uh, Ferrari and everything else, I'm I'm really excited to see that. But you're right; he's a working actor. He's got to got to keep paying the bills. Uh, Alfie always jokes and says these guys are all you know they they all stand on that line until that money runs out, right? Or until those checks stop coming in. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's like, well, yeah. maybe I'll do that again, you know. Um, but uh, but I would I would be 
gangbusters for uh, for that to happen uh, with with uh, either Levy or you know adding Adam Driver into that. So you're right; it has been very odd seeing the oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, this isn't going to happen, this isn't. But it's a it's a new company. It's not one guy calling the shots anymore, right? Um, Yeah. And and when you get when you get investors in, uh, the game changes very quickly. So um, very true, and I think I think also when when you it's a fact of life, and and there's like I say lots of moving parts. So not not comparing the two, but you had a situation, or you know Lucasfilm and Disney had a situation with Gina Carano that probably escalated more than it probably actually was. Uh, I know that's kind of bubbled up again this week, but hey ho, uh, yeah. that's another topic. But but uh, in that instance, the example is is that you've got a situation with an actor, so maybe that series or season or show or film can't happen because you've got an issue with an actor b they've done whatever and gone down one path or they've maybe passed away we mentioned Mm -hmm. Paul matthew perry so things happen that's the point things happen so things get announced things get moved things get changed i think with lucasfilm being under the eternal microscope that it is anything that's deemed vaguely negative is conflated into this massive issue and then of course it's it's grist for the mill, isn't it? It's old oh, Kennedy out, blah 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 blah. You know, so it's just fuel for the for all those kind of uh, um, news outlets or whatever you want to call them. And uh, yeah, and bait gets clicked. Well, let's. I I I will say this: this next topic right here, I think you and I both are in agreement on it. But I think fandom in general agrees on it. The Tales of the Jedi series. Mm. Um, I think you know we had Clone Wars, we had Rebels. Uh, that that I think really just drew people in and made them feel like they were back into real Star Wars, right? Um, even though these were these were small snippets and just glimpses of people's lives and different phases of their lives, I I really thought that was that was at that level of Clone Wars yeah. Rebels, the the quality, the storytelling, all that stuff. And it's been a year. It's hard to believe that it's been a year that that's come yeah. out. Um, and I think that was some of the best stuff they've done with the new Disney, you know, realm. Uh, are there one have, you know, throw out any comments you think, uh, or, you know, the tales of the Jedi brings to you. And then two, are there people you would like to see if they, if they did this all over again, that, that you'd like to see in the next round of tales of the Jedi? Excuse me. I sincerely hope there are more. I'm I'm confident there will be. I thought it was wonderful, like you did. I, 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 there were certain moments. The, the Ahsoka one, which is training with with Rex and and the other mm. guys, and that just eternal try again, try again, try again. <laughs> just felt like it was taken out of an episode of Clone Wars in in the mm-hmm. best sense, in the best sense. So I adored that. I thought the Yaddle episode was one of the best animation things Lucasfilms ever done. Agreed. It was absolutely phenomenal. I just the just the feel of it, having McDiarmid back, uh Corey Burton of course doing uh Dooku and Bryce Dallas Howard playing the Yaddle, just the way that whole thing played together and knowing where we're going and being in that room you saw at the end of Attack of the Clones. Just all of that was fantastic. The Ahsoka stuff, young Ahsoka, just made all the sense. So everything they did, and Qui-Gon, just having mm-hmm. him back and his son, you know, Liam doing Qui-Gon, his son doing the young Qui-Gon. Uh, I thought that was a bit like Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell doing the, the Godzilla thing, both playing yeah. the same role, essentially. I thought I loved all of that. So I thought that was brilliant. As for, for other characters, I think it, 
I think from a practical point of view, it kind of needs to stay in the prequel era because from a, from a, again, practical point of view, they've got all the assets waggling the aircrafts. So all these things are built. These are things they can pull in. They're not designing everything from scratch, although I'm sure they're reskinning and changing an awful lot of stuff. But there are a lot of assets that they can just pull and use straight away. And that's the, the logical, clever, smart way to build up, you know, all of these assets, if you like. So uh, I think it will stay in that era. I would love to see more of the Jedi Council. Uh, you know, more Kia Di Bundi, more Kit Fisto, more those kind of characters. Ural Poof, I think, has just turned up in... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's turned up in one of the High Republic mm-hmm. era. Yep. Uh, yep. Phase threes. So so there's a there's obviously a massive history for him. And any time we get more of Dooku or Qui-Gon, I'm all in. But I think <laughs> this time, even though it's Tales of the Jedi, and we see Dooku before he's fallen, when he becomes one of the last 20 and all that sort of stuff... Mm-hmm. You, you'd never see... I mean, of course, Maul is never a Jedi. Uh, and I know the, the series is called Tales of the Jedi. I don't see why that couldn't be you know, bent a little bit to be inclusive of somebody like Maul and see a bit more of Maul's background and time with, with Palpatine. I think there's there's options there as well. Well, I think um, on our show, we discussed it, and, and I can't remember which one of our crew brought it up, and they were like, again, like you said, using that era you already have the skins for a lot of things. Could you just do also a tales of the Sith at the same time to where you're doing tales of the Jedi, but just the opposite version, right? I mean, you're doing the mall, you're doing the Dooku once he's turned all that kind of stuff to where you could put some of those characters. You could do a Plagueis for all I know. I mean, you, you know, what have you, but I, I, I think there's plenty of possibilities with that. I think with the shorter episodes, quick snippet stories, you could keep that going on for a long, long time and and hit a lot of things. I, I love what you're saying with the the Jedi Council, and you never know. Maybe with the with the John Jackson Miller book that he's doing, um, it is John Jackson Miller, right? Isn't he doing one yeah. about all the the Jedi Council members? Yeah, maybe yeah, the they, Living Force. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some timing and some storylines intermingle with with some of that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I I I look forward to it. One of the things we'll talk about here in a minute is is Ahsoka. But somebody brought it up and said, could could we see that initial part about Balin? Right? Could Balin mix in yes. at some point in time with all these Jedi that we already know from the prequel era? I think that would be fantastic. Maybe get some. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> the gentleman with the stripes on his face who was in the prequels, who was in the great book uh, with with um, Asaz Ventures. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Quinlan Voss. Quinlan Voss. There we go. I I yeah. mean, with his name being mentioned in the Kenobi series and you know him having some other things and being a skin in the Clone Wars yeah. series already, uh, possibly some things because that's a character that I think didn't have enough screen time or didn't have enough books or comics that, that yeah. people really were attracted to, um, you know, the kind of that rebellious, uh, different Jedi uh, that everybody. And, and then again, that book with, um, with the size of interest was fantastic. Oh, Dark disciple. Yeah. Dark disciple. Yes. To where I think there's enough. You could probably put of him in there, but um, before we hop to Ahsoka, I, I will say, um, one congratulations on your the uh you, i saw you guys post about i mean it's, i guess it's an anniversary i know you're not in uh radio 1138 anymore but 
that's when I started listening to you was when you uh, were doing, that's the right title, right? I don't want to mess it yeah. up. Radio yeah, one, yeah. One. Okay. That's um, right. Yeah. 10 years, 10 years since you did, I you know. started that one, correct? I know, I know. It's it's funny because uh, I'd completely forgotten. And the thing is, when you're in it, you know what it's like when, you, when you're doing a particular project, a particular site, it's your home base. <laughs> so for sort of 10 years before that, I did Lightsaber and launched a podcast on there called Settling Radio back in 2005, October 20, 2005. So that's pretty early on for podcasting. Mm-hmm. And then did that for a couple of years and then didn't do much more until it all got up and running with the Jedi News. And I, looked, I sort of pretty much pulled together other aspects of of things. Uh, actually, later than that, we launched on the Shot Glass Digital Network, which is Jimmy and Jason from RFR, and they had about, was about 30 different shows, and we were one mm-hmm. of them. So there was uh, 1138, and James was doing the Collector's Cast. And that that ended, and, and they focused on their Star Wars stuff uh, themselves over at RFR. And we went off and set up Jedi News Network, and we had four shows on there at one point. But, um, yeah, 1138 was like 31st of October, 2013 which is amazing because exactly what uh four years later um we launched Fanta Tracks on the 31st of October 2017 which I wow. didn't ever think uh, it was no plan there was no <laughs> you know there's no reason for that particular day it's just the way it landed so when that came up uh it's like wow yeah uh I, did, I think I did 66 episodes of 1138 um give or take uh and uh yeah that was that was a lot of fun that was really fun me and james used to bounce off each other really well and we had some really good guests on there and during mm-hmm. that time period of course from 2013 onwards it's you know you, you start bringing your rebels guests in and we we had access to a lot of folks we could speak to so we had some some great guests on that show um and then like i say now doing making tracks since we launched fantha i think we'd been going for about three or four months until we launched making tracks um i'm not blimey i've done I'm getting off for 300 episodes of making tracks now between wow. the, the studio episodes and the live episodes and the special episodes and <laughs> all that. So yeah, never stops. Well, I tell you what, I, we've done 236 episodes of this and we started in January of 2020. And I, I feel like we've been doing it for 20 years. I mean, <laughs> it's it just, so how you've been doing this since basically 2005 and then 2013, 2017, I I'm blown away. And that that's one of the reasons why I come back to you all the time and, and say, let's have a chat because I just feel like guys like you and, and a few others to where I can just go to. And you're like walking uh, encyclopedias of star Wars and everything that's going on. So, but congrats. I mean, I, I just, not only to that, but just for all the work you do with related to star Wars, it's just incredible. Uh, and, and, you know, thanks, thanks for doing that. And then thanks for being on our show as many times as you have. Um, I know I keep talking about Ahsoka, but I keep seeing things where I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to touch on this. Um, <laughs> you and I briefly discussed this the other day. Um, the Star, the Shop Disney exclusive, Heir to the Empire, Black Series, oh, yes. Luke, Luke, Mara, and Joris <laughs> Sabayoth. If there's yes. a person in our age group, if there's a person late 50s to early 40s who is not going to jump on this set... um that i i need to have a conversation with them because you know i i did buy the luke heir to the empire six inch and i bought the mara jade and of course i've got the those from back when they made them way back in the day uh but this set right here just looks fantastic um (laughs) i can't believe they're making it 
uh, it just yeah. blew me away when Alfie sent it to me and was like, did you see this? And, and I hadn't checked my <laughs> phone. I was like, this is a joke, right? And he's like, no, this is really happening. Um, yeah. is it, is it like pinch me to you as well? Because those are, those, even though I was an original trilogy kid, something about rekindling things with that heir to the empire trilogy, that yeah. John trilogy, just, it just relit everything and just got me so invigorated. And those characters became as important as the, the original trilogy characters to me. Well, I can see on your bookshelf to your top left, you've got next to Shadows of the Empire, you've got <laughs> you've got the three books right there. So I, I, I know how important they are to you. I totally, totally agree with that. I mean, uh, I do know Patrick, Patrick Schneider at Hasbro is a big Air to the Empire fan. And when people have sort of jokingly asked him what figure he'd love to see, he said for years, George Saboeth. So, mm-hmm. so for that to be coming out, it's like, yeah, uh, that was that was well observed. Um, yeah, who's not going to want to get that? I mean, even though it's not necessarily canon anymore, like Shellers, the Empire isn't canon, and so many things aren't canon, and I'm waggling the air quotes because they're still out there. They still yeah. exist. You can still massage them into your own personal love of of whatever chronology you want. It's still, I think, adventures that they had just yep. slightly massaged and tweaked if you want to do that <laughs> um I'm, i mean i'll be all over these i just think i mean they just released star killer from force unleashed which i thought was yeah. a great deep cut yeah. uh, and a really good looking figure as well uh and now they do this i mean this is like oh um uh, i'll be all over this and, and so anything <laughs> like you mentioned the old marvel comics from back in the day and oh. you know i wish there was more stuff from there that that got a bit of love that's why i love bounty hunters because valance was the, the focal yes. character of bounty hunters from you know from the old uh i think walt simerson drew him for the first time back in 78 so there's all these characters that that i think to me uh and also i mean like i say i was a fanfic guy my, you know lightsaber my first big star was like big big to mm-hmm. me uh, Star Wars site was a fanfic site that became a news site and then an interview site. So it kind of morphed as it went on over 10 years, but it was a fanfic thing. So I think for anybody who's role played or, or, or done a bit of fanfic or whatever, you build your own cast of characters and they're as much a part of Star Wars to you as yep. anything that anybody else creates. That's certainly how I feel. You know, we, we had a thousand characters in our role play and fiction world uh, at one point and still there. Um, so, so you you kind of put importance on things, and I think now you, you look at Air to the Empire, which is now what thirty two years years ago, you know, since the yeah. first book came out in ninety one. It's just incredible. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this. It won't be cheap, but I, I'll, no, I'll it won't. <laughs> it's it's it, yeah, it's going to hit the pocketbook pretty hard, but I, I'll still take it. I yeah, I I as I as we've discussed, I moved to a new house, so I don't have everything i used to have yeah. shelves of characters and everything around me and uh haven't got a chance to do that yet so it's been much more of the basic stuff but those are things that i will definitely have out on on display because it, it's just you know having the the kenner uh line from 77 through 85 that i have on yeah. a shelf and then having the the uh those characters up there will be will be something that it, it's gonna be tough for me to have my grandson come in and go i'm gonna play with those and then i'm gonna go all right. Uh, okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I kind of figured with us being the same age and discussing it in the past that that, that was kind of a home run right there with those characters. Oh, so completely. completely. Um, so, so we've, we've hit a bunch of topics. I've made you run the, the gambit here. Um, mm-hmm. And real quick, you're talking about the comics. Gosh, some of those, the, what is it? The, the taggy family. 
those oh, the tag family yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Th those would be great some great characters as well sorry it just popped into my head well um, if you read dr afra domina tag is is one of the lead characters or lead adversaries in dr afra so, so really okay yeah. Well, see, you're you're gonna wet my whistle, and I'm gonna have to jump back <laughs> into this stuff. Um, right when I'm talking to you about other projects I'm looking into, I'm gonna have to jump back into this. It's it's like the Godfather. <laughs> it just yeah, bringing me back. Yeah, pulling you back in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I will say this with with having uh, two guys who were original trilogy uh, fans, and then like we stated, kind of that Shadow of the Empire or Shadow well Shadow of the Empire was great as well. Uh, yeah. but but heir to the empire group shadow of the empire and then the prequels came out and then the clone wars movies came out and here was this little young lady who was called snips and called you know sky guy and r2e and all that kind of stuff and we've talked about the progression of her character here comes along the ahsoka series and i tell you um it hit all the sweet spots for me across the board um i i thought the characters were cast correctly i felt there were so many good actors and actresses playing the roles they were in and fit what i thought those characters would kind of be in real world um yeah. i loved absolutely loved the new characters that were brought in i know you know we just talked about matthew perry passing and and we know all the you know Ray Stevenson passing and how that could or could not leave a huge <clears throat> void in future things. But I haven't found a person, whether they're big Star Wars fans or just people who checked out the show, who didn't think that he left a huge mark on that show. Um, yeah. And and so between and then we talked about on Rule of the Galaxy, uh, Filoni has cojones because. If you're going to not only bring in a story that, let's face it, uh, a lot of the regular world who aren't Star Wars podcasters and collectors don't know about Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra and others, that's not super well known to the masses. And then he throws out, oh, by the way. Uh, I'm going to throw space whales at you, uh, the world between worlds. And kind of entice you into what could be Mortis. Um, I thought, man, this guy, he's just calling a shot. He's hes basically saying, hey, this is my world. You, you guys are going to live in it. And uh, it just got it just got me going. I, I was super stoked with everything. I, I couldn't be happier with the Ahsoka series. Uh, again, obviously, Ray passing. You start thinking, where are they going to go with that? I hope. I don't want them recast, but at the same time, I want that character involved. Um, but, you know, what what were your thoughts I, after I've rambled here uh, about how much I love the, the series? What what were your thoughts on Ahsoka in general? That wasn't a ramble. That was a, a really good summarization, I think, of how I feel, to be fair. <laughs> I think I think Ray Stevenson was was the real the real sort of standout him and Shin. Forgive me, the actress's name hasn't sat in my head quite yet. Yeah, yes, I know. That's it gets yeah, me every time. It'll get. I'll get there with that. But she, they, as a pair, were just fantastic. I think. I think it's it it's it sets you up well for the future when 
two new characters can come into a show that's filled with so many established characters that we're meeting again for after a while or after a certain period of time and they be the ones that stand out and maybe it's because it's all fresh and new and we're getting stuff because people love new things so wrestling fans they love new things you know it's like <laughs> Star Wars fans love new things although we can be a little bit resistant to it at times but i think it worked really well with those two characters and uh i, I find it terribly sad that the ray stevenson was always a always a busy actor was never never not good was you know you always saw mm-hmm. him in things it just you see this and you think wow this damn it this was the role this was the one this is the one that was really going to get him over and he could have become a staple as as a villain in this era of star wars and just it would have moved him on to other things he was so so good so i think that's terribly sad pleased that his final performance was such a good one but oh yeah selfishly sad for us as fans that we're not going to see him play that role again um but yeah i think the casting was good and the logic was good as well i think the logic of you know ahsoka was was quite down i think she's she's you could feel the weight of sort of pushing down on it and there was that great episode where she has the world between worlds moment with mm-hmm. anakin and it literally she's a different person after that the weight's lifted she's a bit more like the old snappy ahsoka and goodness knows even as a kid after the wrong jedi when she's she makes the decision to walk away and and you know you can feel the weight on her in season seven when the whole, you know, Revenge of the Sith's happening in the background and it, a lot of it falls on her young shoulders and she deals with it, you know. So, that, so there's been so many sort of big, hefty, heavy moments. And let's not forget, she basically died in Rebels mm-hmm. and got pulled out of that situation by Ezra. So so she's, and she did die. Of course, she did die in Clone Wars, the whole Mortis thing, the, the daughter, the whole sacrifice thing. So, so. She's been through a lot. So all of that made sense. I thought Sabine was fantastic, just fun. And I really enjoyed that. All of, all of it. I mean, I, I thought it, it looks, it's the most cinematic Star Wars we've seen as well. Oh, there, was some, there was, yeah, there were some scenes. I mean, uh, as simple as when Hera is flying, choppers on the side, and they're looking down at the world they're leaving behind them as they're chasing uh, yes. that hyperspace drive. Yeah, that, that looked fully cinematic to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. Totally agree. It, I, I watched that scene again and again. And also, I think it's a subtle difference, but there's there's a way of editing movies and a way of editing TV shows. And I think a lot of it is to do with the music spotting. And there was that sequence when Ahsoka's fighting the uh, hunter killer droids, mm-hmm. and she's going off against Maroc and and then Hera and Chopper are chasing the hyperdrive engine. And the way they were cutting between the two just reminded me of Jedi when you're cutting between Luke and Vader and back to the Endor battle and then back to the space battle. <clears throat> it just had that bang, bang, bang feel about it. And the music just flowed between all of them. I thought that was just fantastic. Kevin Kiner, if he's not nominated for something for that score, there's a, there's there's issues because I thought That's, it was some of his best work. Yeah, that, the music throughout. Not the, You're right. The acting, the scenery, the music, I I thought all were, were top level. Um, and you brought that up. I I discussed in the last episode where I felt like it was definitely Lucasian because you had ground mm. battle, air battle, mm. one-on-one battle all going on at the same time where yeah. you were flashing between, well, these two are over here and that's going on over there and this is going on up here. Yeah. And and I thought, gosh, if that's not if that's not what Lucas would do on most of his major scenes. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it exactly was. It just, it, like you said, it re- brought me back to Return of the Jedi 
right away. So, um, yeah, it was fantastic. And now, you know, obviously there's always little weird quirk things. The, the Maroc character, let's face it, I, I, I probably hope there was something a little bit more with, with that character. I mean, okay, I don't know. We're probably going to learn. I mean, because all that stuff flew yeah. out once, once Ahsoka sliced them, but maybe there's more to it. But, you know, I think everybody was like, who is it? What is it? And yeah. when, when she killed him, people were like, wait a minute. It was just, it was just stuff. It was just like, uh, <laughs> well, you know, um, so I don't well, know. I, I think I, just, I described it when he, when he, when he got taken down. Cause obviously, as you know, everybody was like, Oh, is it, is that Ezra? Yeah. Who, who could it be right you know? and then he got he got caught by ahsoka and my i think my phrase on making tracks was he disappeared like a fart in the wind <laughs> was my 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 you know politely chosen phrase but i think there was more to it than that because i think it was also showing i would seen it in clone wars hadn't we you know the power of the night sisters mm-hmm. and the magic and yep. the fact that you'd gone to peridium and you're in another galaxy as, as kind of dull as that planet was there was some beautiful architecture and it was, you know, it was another planet in another galaxy. I never thought we'd see another galaxy in Star Wars. That took me a couple of weeks to get my head around. That really did. I, but, loved, but... I loved your episode when you were talking about that because I was listening to your follow-up episodes and, and you sat there and you go, I'm just getting used to the universe we're in. I'm just yeah. feeling like I know everything about that. Now you're going to throw another, you know, what's going on in that? <laughs> Am I going to have to worry about what's going on in that universe with this universe? And yeah, I... Hundred <laughs> percent, but they they did a good job with it. So they did a really good job, a really good job. And I think my only real, I mean, you know, you, I think we're wise enough now as as podcasters, as Star Wars followers, and and people who talk about it with other Star Wars fans. That if you're watching a, 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 a I can't remember how many episodes were. Was it seven? I can't remember now. Seven, seven eight. or eight. Yeah. Eight. Well done. Eight. It was eight. So you're watching the nice episode show. You can't make too many judgments after the first two or three episodes because you could really put it all on the line and have a proper grumble. And then the next episode or two episodes later, something happens that makes all the sense of that, <clears throat> you know, and, and it throws you off and you just look like a bit of a fool. So you've got to kind of play it as it, as it comes week on week. But I, I've got to say the only thing that really I found, I guess, yeah, underwhelming, I think was the word I used was the finale and that I enjoyed the finale. And mm-hmm. I, I, I got the fact that the good guys were there and the bad guys were there. And then now they're swapped essentially <laughs> uh, locations. I just wish, and it's more of a, it's more of a what's down the line issue than what was in the episode. I don't know if there's going to be a season two Ahsoka. I don't know if I'm not going to get a resolution to this until the movie comes out in three or four, probably more years time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to have what happened in the book of Boba Fett happen and the next season of the Mandalorian or skeleton crew or whatever has two episodes of Ahsoka to tell you how they got back from Peridia. I don't know. It's where are we with that, with that sort of thing? It's the Filoni, the Mandoverse, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, there won't be ancillary novels. Adam Christopher wrote one. It never came out. There won't be comics spinning off it. There's only adaptations. So there's no, other material that could even hope to tell you what's happening not that you'd want to do it that way in a book or a comic or whatever but nevertheless there isn't that option so we are literally now hanging around going well now we have to park ahsoka and sabine as being in the other galaxy yeah who knows when we'll find out the resolution and when you invest so much into these characters over the course of you know a, a couple of months as you was and really enjoyed investing and getting to know these characters and the actors in the roles and just it being 
it wasn't promoted as it would have been because of the, the actors and writers strike, of course. But mm-hmm. um, in fact, I've got to say, I had a round table lined up with the three lead actresses. Oh. And two days after they said, yeah, come down to London and interview the actresses, it got cancelled because of the actors strike. So it's 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 one of those. But, um, you know, and you had some great cameos. Andy Daniels, obviously mm-hmm. turning up as 3 pier, who, uh, again, you know, I've name dropping again. I interviewed him last week and he absolutely loved doing it. He, he thought the crew were wonderful. Everybody treated him fantastically. He had a lovely time. So he's more than happy to do more of that if if requested and required. So that was that was a lovely thing to hear. But I just want to see more of it. I, I don't know when Skeleton Crew's out. I don't know whether there'll be any overlap with this or what we're getting next. That's my only yeah. real criticism. Well, you know, it's funny. You brought up Anthony da- Anthony Daniels. And, and it's while I was... <clears throat> While I was writing notes of things to ask and discuss, I put on there, interviewed Anthony Daniels, and then I put a question mark, should ask question, question mark, meaning I wasn't sure if you were allowed to discuss it. So I, I, I'm glad you did bring it up because I think that's absolutely awesome <laughs> and you deserve every every kind of opportunity like that. And I, I will, whew, if there's one person, I think I've told you this before, uh, yeah, it would be great to interview Mark Hamill because he's Luke freaking Skywalker. But yeah. the guy who's seen it all, been it all, done it all, and his book is still one of my favorite things is is Anthony Daniels because you just see from beginning to end how it's all happened and what's going on and and it, to have you do that interview with him that that's that's awesome. I'm really happy for you. Um, but but you you are correct on where it goes from here, and that's one of the things that it does leave you with. Are we going to have the intermingling? You know, Alfie keeps calling it the MCU of Star Wars, right? Like this is <laughs> this is how yeah. this is all going to come together. Where you know Iron Man's here, then Cap's there, then oh, they're together, then they're not, and then the world's going to end, but nobody's there but this one superhero, right? You know, and it, you know, so this is this is confusing because we have uh, Skeleton Crew and Acolyte next on the agenda, right? Um, I think those are the next two releases. And then do we know even uh, Andor was pretty much finished except for a few things they need to tidy up. But outside of that, do we even know if there's going to be a book of Boba Fett part two? Do we even know that Mandalorian season four is scheduled planning all that? I, I haven't paid enough attention to stay on top of all that, but do we do we have a plan past skeleton crew and acolyte? Do we have it like dates and times and everything like that? No, I don't believe we do. I don't think there's there's date. I don't think there's dates and times even for the things that we know are coming. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, uh, skeleton crew was originally they were talking about November. But it's it's not happening in November clearly. Uh, Bad Batch season three, I think, will probably be sort of Easter time and or. From my understanding, still had a couple of weeks to go, so there's a fair chunk of stuff that probably still needs to be done there before they can really. I'm sure they can move uh, a good amount of it into post-production right. with stuff that's you know uh, just on in in the chain and such. But um, yeah, beyond that, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Somebody, I can't remember who. Forgive me if you're listening to this, but somebody made a really ah Brian is Brian from Panther made a really good point uh, about the kids who are playing the roles in skeleton crew that was filmed well over a year ago oh, oh yeah so now if they want to do a season two those kids are going to have grown up a lot 
So you can't do a direct sequel to Skeleton Crew because the kids have aged out of it all, almost. So you either throw them into the wider storyline of, of the Mandoverse or I don't know. It, it Maybe it was always made to be a standalone single thing, a, a, an adventure of these kids, you know, lost in the galaxy with a former Jedi, I think, uh, Jude Law's character is, if I remember. So uh, maybe that's just what it is. And they all just come together for the big... Uh, you know, Magnificent Seven Mandoverse movie, <laughs> whenever that comes out, you know. But, um, yeah, it's all a bit, I don't know, it's it's a bit, I, I mean, there's been a lot of external yeah. forces. You know, we, we had oh, COVID, yeah. that's clearly still having a knock-on effect. And, you know, uh, and now the writer's strike and the actor's strike, that's going to push things back a tremendous amount of time if they can't resolve that soon. And it, I'm not hearing any whispers of it being resolved anytime soon. So that's going to drag on. And that has a knock-on effect, not just for the actors, but hey, if the actors ain't working, nobody's working. So all the rest of the industry, there's going to be people who are just going to have to walk away from the industry just to pay their bills. You know, it's going to have a huge knock-on effect. I don't know if people have quite taken that on board. Um, every sympathy for anybody who needs to or feels pushed into the corner to take industrial right. action, it's, you know, it's you do what you've got to do. But from a practical point of view, there's a huge knock-on effect of people who now are just sitting at home twiddling their thumbs because... As I say, if the actors aren't working, they've got nothing to do. So it's going to have a huge effect on the industry. I think there will be massive changes. It's... I think there'll be more animation, slightly going back to Tales of the Jedi. You know, now we've got Bad Batch finishing next year and, you know, there's no more Clone Wars, there's no more Rebels. But right. I think maybe more animation is probably the way to go to keep Star Wars, you know, some form of visual Star Wars going right. for the next couple of three years. No, I and, and um, I know speaking with, Vanessa Marshall, which uh, I know you've interviewed her and, and been around her. She was uh, just so lovely to come on our show after we met her at a convention and just one of the nicest ladies I've ever met and a huge, great ambassador for the, the Star Wars community. Uh, she did say, she was like, uh, you know, there's the animated, the voice acting people are on a different schedule and plan than the on-screen people, right? So she yeah. could still yeah. do certain things for work that they couldn't do um but it was very weird because one of the one of the people on our show the first question they asked them was or asked her was about ahsoka and she said while i want to be here to talk to you about anything and everything i'm going to stand in united with them and not really talk about a certain topic yeah. related to ahsoka because she said they're on strike and i you know i don't want to I don't want to speak out of turn and all that. And I thought, yeah, wow, that's really interesting that even she felt the the, the need to kind of back and support that. But knowing at the same sure. time, she could still go do voiceover work the next yeah. day because it's a different contract. And um, yeah. so it's just so confusing to me. A guy living in the Midwest, I don't know what the heck's going on. Just put Star Wars somewhere on a screen for me to watch it, right? Um uh, that'll make me happy or let me go buy the heir to the empire uh toy set that's coming out so. um let me buy my toy that's yeah. right i don't care if i'm 52 you should see the playroom i've got set up for my grandkids they walk in it looks like <laughs> toys r us in there um between the toys i collected joey collected yes. you know that they're still there and then oh by the way here's new things added on top of it it's like where did all this come from over 30 years um yeah anyway but um well, look, I, I mentioned we go about an hour, and I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to to do this, especially on a on a Friday. You're getting ready to head into the weekend, hopefully some good plans. I will throw this out last, so 
Can you believe they're doing a Life Day Chewie character? Now, right. You've, you, yeah. you don't know this, but you've done a seamless link into something because as we speak, yesterday I interviewed uh, Carl Newman. He's got a documentary coming out called Disturbance in the Force, which is yeah. all about the making of the holiday special. Yes. And as we spoke last night, which I am was editing before we started today and we'll edit, continue and get it out tonight on Fanfare, the, um, one of the things he said was, uh, what I said was, you know, it's it's it had its detractors, and of course, it's not the most beautiful piece of artwork or art form that's ever been made. But nevertheless, you know, you had the rifle that Mando uses in Book mm-hmm. of Boba uh, in in Mandalorian, rather, and uh, you know, you got Life Day and you know Chewie in the robes. And he mentioned this as well. I was like everybody else. I was there on Hasbro Pulse trying to get that figure, and it had sold out in a heartbeat. You know, and they're going to have to make more because everybody wants it. You know, and so yeah, I I, I saw that it's a, it's the vintage collection version, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's it is and with the packaging and just the whole thing, just just gorgeous. So I totally totally want that. I I do too. I mean, let's face it, it's it's that little thing that sets off in our brains that makes us go back to that happy feeling of being six and seven, eight years old, right? Yes. I mean, oh, that's totally. all. That's all it is. And then you want to see your kids or your grandkids or other kids that are now that age grow up and, and kind of had that same kind of feel. Unfortunately, not as many of them play with play with toys like uh, like we used to, but they've, they've got the screens and the iPads in front of them. So um, anything new going on, Fanta tracks, making tracks, all your seven passion projects that you've got going on there with, with any of that. Anything new coming up you can tell everybody about? Oh, wow. Uh, it's pretty much... That sounds really boring. It's pretty much business as usual. Uh, we're heading out of obviously out of the summer and autumn now, heading in towards winter. So we've got some uh, some conventions that we're attending and will be involved with. Uh, I was at Excel MCM London last weekend, which mm-hmm. was great fun covering the Hasbro panel. So that was that was enjoyable. Where all this all this news was broke, uh, and actually Fanta had a world exclusive reveal of three new vintage collection figures, which was very cool because we didn't realise. Usually it's like shared reveals with right. other sites but we didn't realize it was uh we had the vintage reveals and uh, jedi news had the black series reveals which was very cool so that was fun <laughs> uh we're working up towards farthest from in december uh pablo hidalgo is coming over to do us his only uk book signing uh on the uh 10th and 11th or 11th and 12th of december i can't remember which two days nice. it's one of those two days that weekend so he's over for that um and yeah, there's a couple of conventions between now and then. Wales Comic Con, Anthony Daniels is the the big name there as well, so we'll be seeing Anthony there. So there's uh, yeah, there's there's plenty more to go this year in terms of the site. Loads of plans. We want to do a bit more with Fantatrax TV with our YouTube channel. So we've pretty much got the podcast ticking over. People, we've had some people had a very busy summer. We're just trying to get the scheduling back to where we want it to be. But you know me, I'll always if if somebody can't do a show, I'll just dive in at the last minute and do a show. So <laughs> yeah, so we've got to. We've kept our Friday night stuff ticking over just about, so that's that's still going. But uh, yeah, lo- lots of good. Pl- I would say Fantatrax TV is the thing to watch. Brian's got loads of really good ideas uh, for sort of more regular programming, if you like, on on the YouTube channel. So we're hoping to get that to certainly certainly by the start of next year where we want it to be. That's absolutely awesome. Awesome. Well, good. Well, thank you um, for always taking the time. And for those for those who are listening to the podcast, you'll, you'll get a kick out of it that Mark and I have tried for like two weeks to put this together and <laughs> either something happened to Joe, something happened to Mark, the timing, um, you know, anytime Anthony Daniels blocks me, I will take that in a heartbeat and say, <laughs> Mark, go do that. Um, but it's, it's been fun, uh, trying to put this pieces, these pieces together. Um, but he's, 
look, guys, you just listened to him for an hour. This guy knows what he's talking about, and he's fun, and he's entertaining, and you should be checking out Making Tracks, Panther Tracks, and all the things they do, and now Panther Tracks TV. So, Mark, thank you again, and and if I, you know what, I will make sure that I get me, you, and Scott Rifen on a show sometime before the holiday season or right around it or right after yes. it, something like that. We, we, we will sit and bore people to death talking about uh, you know, Marvel 14, you know, from 1979 um, and, and have them look at us like we're crazy. So, um, but, but thank you always for doing this. Thank you for being a great friend in the Star Wars community. And if there's ever anything we can do for you guys at Rule of the Galaxy, just let me know. Oh, that's, that's reciprocated very much. So I really always enjoy it. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that if it didn't mean it. So it's always fun. Well, good, good. Well, man, safe travels. I hope everything keeps going well. And for all of our listeners, for everybody else, thanks for always listening. Again, go check out Making Tracks, Panther Tracks, and everything that Mark does. And until next week, may the Force be with you.